Uh, we have a very special guest calling in from Coates Wire, uh, and she is Megan Hall. Megan Hall, welcome to the Sunday Morning Scramble with the coach. That's who I am. And Corey Harris, Super Bowl champion with the Ravens in 2000s. How are you this morning? I'm not. I actually live in Atlanta, so I get that question a lot. But I live here in Atlanta in Falcons territory. As you can imagine, that probably makes for a lot of interesting conversations when Matt Ryan was your quarterback at one point in time. So I know for, for sure. Huh? Isn't that interesting? Well, we're so glad to have you on. And I'm going to ask you a similar question that I asked uh, John Burton about the Titans. And here's the question for you in terms of the Colts season so far. Would you consider this cold season to be as expected or a disappointment or well over uh, expectations? What would you consider it? Oh, <laughs> it's actually well over my expectations. Uh, I had the Colts winning only six games the entire season. You had a you know brand new coaching staff, nine new faces. You got a rookie quarterback. You you know you got a roster that needs to be revamped a bit. Like, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. That's probably, you know, much of the dismay of a lot of fans. But I really wasn't expecting much at all. Uh, the Colts had a lot of catching up to do from everybody else in the division, uh, especially, you know, Jaguars, of course, Titans, of course. Um, so, yeah, this is this is very much above expectations. But I would say in terms of, like, what the games look like, yeah, it's about right around what I expected. Some good, some bad, some, oh, okay, we could probably, you know, play a little bit better there. And then some, what in the world is even happening? So it's it's about what I expected there. Yeah, good. Yeah, and I, I, I would say the same thing. When we came into the season, we did our NFL preview. I figured the Texans and the Colts would be, you know, third and fourth in the AFC South. And I actually said that I thought the Texans and maybe the Colts might be, you know, in the bottom five teams in the NFL. I'm absolutely 100% wrong. I admit that here, Megan that I am wrong, especially about the Colts. And another thought of uh, – I was very excited about Anthony Richardson uh, and the draft of Anthony Richardson. Is that kind of the same tone that the fans had when they drafted Anthony Richardson? And then also if you could give us just a, an update as to his injury, and I've, I've heard rumors that it's a pretty significant one. Uh, so what do you think about that? Did, could, was it a big thing for the fans to get Anthony Richardson? And then secondarily, the injury, what is that looking like? Yeah, so I think it was actually a really big thing. I mean, if you remember back to draft night, there was all these rumblings right before the draft, maybe two days before that C.J. Stroud might be in play for the Colts. Um, I absolutely think that it was always going to be, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson at some point, of course. But I think C.J. Stroud was really a, a viable possibility because, hey, Richardson might get, you know, get drafted right before. Um, so I think when he essentially fell to the Colts, that was a lot of luck, very transparently. I think you've got to, you know, you give credit to Chris Ballard and his staff. That's a lot of luck to be very patient for that. Yeah. Um, I think for, for them – I don't think that they really thought that this Richardson would be in play simply for the fact that he tore up the combine and then not only tore up the combine with the physical attributes, he came back and had a pro day a couple weeks later where he looked a lot better. Some of those throws that he wasn't able to make as clean and as crisp as he did at the combine, he made them very naturally at his pro day. And it's like, okay, this kid's coachable. So very quickly he was, you know, um, jumping up draft boards and people are like, okay, this kid's out of play. It's not even going to happen. So then, of course, as I'm sure you're probably aware, Will Levis gets brought into the conversation. It's like, oh, would the Colts even look at Will Levis? Mm -hmm. So I think Colts fans were like, you know, they, they really didn't, weren't really quite sure what to think. When, yeah, okay, not only do you know you land Anthony Richardson, but you didn't have to jump up to get him. You didn't have to give anything. Right. Um, so, you know, as you know, uh, Richardson got hurt the last time the Colts played uh, the Titans. And, and so, you know, he's out for the season, of course. From everything that I've been hearing and seeing, he's doing really, really well. His rehab is going well. He, you know, 
he's of course still in the building. He's showing up uh, for the team. That's that's just true to Anthony Richardson. So um, I don't expect any sort of you know uh, bumps as from from what people you know would probably describe as a bump or setbacks or things like that. He's still on track right now to to come back for 2024. Okay, good. That's good to hear because I really like the kid. I watched his um, his pro day. And, uh, man, I was duly impressed. I think he hit the ceiling or something on one throw. He had such a arm. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. But, hey, we're talking to Megan Hall of Colts Wire and USA Today. And you're, we also got Corey Harris in the house, Super Bowl champion. Corey, say hi to Megan. How you doing, Megan? Uh, first of all, question. How much has the value of the backup quarterback uh, increased now? Just looking at the, the this year, I'm looking at the Titans. I'm looking at the Colts. Ooh. Like, the value of the backup quarterback mm, has always yeah. been talked about as that's the best position on the field. Uh, I got in an argument with Kelly Hoken one time, and he argued. He said something <laughs> to me about how long he played, how long he played in the NFL. I said, you was in Indianapolis behind Peyton Manning. They didn't miss no plays for probably 10 years. So you was in the NFL. And I'm not in no slight, but the, the value and importance now of the, the backup quarterback just in what we're seeing uh, a quarterback's getting like how has that impacted uh the coast and is there a different thought process really about how we're looking at it with, with running backs and uh a backup quarterback seem to be the two positions that touch the ball the most have two different extreme values to the team yeah that's a really good question first of all thank you for asking that because i have thoughts um, <laughs> so I, i'll say this um if you think back to training camp for the Colts. I was there. I got a really great opportunity to get to go to the to, uh, to Indy in August. And there was a lot of conversation about whether or not Anthony Richardson would actually win the starting job, right? And, of course, they're like, oh, well, you know, Gardner Minshew's been playing well, you know, that sort of thing. But then there's this talk of, like, oh, Richardson is, is – now he's essentially surpassing Minshew. And there's talk about whether or not you actually keep Minshew um, because – hey, you know, this conversation of whether or not people value backup quarterbacks. Well, now Richardson's out and Minshew is your guy, right? And now he's been able to get you several wins that you probably didn't think that you might, you know, you might have been able to get once your star quarterback goes out. So I think that really ups the value. And I would also say this, this is not even in the AFC South, but look at the Giants and what they're able to do right now. Tommy DeVito is able to, you know, win games. This is a backup quarterback position, right? Right. Like it's something that people don't really – I will say people, maybe fans perhaps, don't put as much stock into it because they're like, oh, you know what, we'll never be in that position or whatever else. But now you've got the Giants in that position. The Bengals are in that position. The Colts are in that position. You've got several teams that needed these backup quarterbacks mm -hmm. to step up. Josh Dobbs is another example. Yeah. Right? He's now leading the, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. You need these. You need these backup quarterbacks to be formidable. It's it's not. It's no longer just oh hey we'll plug and play this guy if if and when our, our guy gets hurt right right. It's now okay. We need a guy who could actually lead our team if we needed him to do so. And I'll say this for all the talk about backup quarterbacks, and I've I've preached about this for several years on end. The Colts could have done themselves a really good service if they had had a formidable backup quarterback in the days of Andrew Luck when he was getting hurt and he wasn't able to play, right? You wouldn't have had the, the Curtis Painters or, or the, you know, the, as people like to call him, the clipboard Jesus and things like that. So I, I really think that this is something that people have to take into consideration, especially Minshew was winning games for the Eagles last season as well. Right. When Jalen Hurts was out, like people really got to think about it. Like this is, this is an actual conversation that needs to be had 
about how much that you actually put, you know, why, if you put so much stock into your starter, why wouldn't you put so much stock into the guy who's going to potentially replace him if he has to come out? Well, and you can ask the Titans how they feel about that after they started out 7-3. and three, uh, Well, they started out 0-2 and, and then were 7-3, and three, looking good to make the playoffs and make a run, and then injuries and quarterback goes down, and look what they're left with, you know. Uh, a rookie quarterback yep. stepping in, having to try and play, and they lose the final seven games of the season. So, yeah, it's an important spot that people need to look at. You know, I've had that as a coach, even at the high school level. It doesn't matter what level. I mean, if you don't have somebody that can can step in. I had it happen uh, one time. We were a favored team going up to Flagstaff to play a, a game in the Dome up there at, at NAU. And, and sure enough, first quarter, my star, who's 76% of my offense, quarterback, goes down. Uh, you know, and I end up losing the game. Eight to zero. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what level. You've got to have someone that can step in, and obviously, Gunner has stepped in for them, uh, very, very admirably, uh, for sure. And with and with that thought, though, let me ask you this: This is the other thing. When you have these dynamic quarterbacks that are starting as your starter, so when you when you have these uh, measurables of a guy like Ar, a guy like Lamar, like I think, do should coaches be, um, I guess, compromising to a degree, like? How does your system, how does the shirt for your older son fit your younger son? Like, how, what are these teams going to have to do when you go from the athleticism of an of a AR or the athleticism of a, of a Lamar or the accuracy of a Tua? Like, how do you go and not miss a beat? And, and I feel like a guy, I think it's the experience. It's kind of like I look at college. Like, guy, teams are going to start going with older freshmen, guys that yeah. come out of junior college, guys, these seniors that are going to prep schools. How do you balance that? With the possibility at any time your starter can go out, like what type of backup quarterback do you get? And and I I don't know this, I don't know what kind of athlete Gardner is, but like you look at AR and then you look at him, you're like, okay, what are we, what are we doing? Can we run the same offense? Do my offensive tackles have to be a different uh, a guy? Like, how is that? Is it is it a huge change in the playbook of what they're using, or is it just a different portion of it? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good point that you're making because we've had this conversation quite a bit um, in, in cold circles and, and obviously in sports circles. Um, I think the thing you gotta you gotta you gotta know your personnel, right? KYP, know your personnel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think the thing is with Gardner, like Gardner's formidable, right? He doesn't have the, as big of an arm as Anthony Richardson, right? He's he doesn't have the acceleration. He's not going to be able to pick up you know forty plus yards, you know, on a quick scamper or anything like that. But what he can do is he can check down. He can get you those quick throws. Um, he can fit those throws in the tight windows. I think for Gardner, the biggest thing for him was can he be calm in the pocket, right? That's one of the things that Anthony Richardson was praised for is his ability to stand in that pocket and deliver those throws when he was playing. And I think for Gardner Minshew, obviously – He's not he he doesn't have that sort of same awareness that Anthony Richardson does in the pocket, but he can stand there and deliver those throws when he's not thinking as much. So for right. me, one of the things I've said is, hey, don't let him think too much. And I don't mean that in a rude way or condescending way, but just hey, get these throws out quick. The ball's got to go out quick. You got to get it to your playmakers, whether that's Michael Pittman Jr., whether that's the safety valve and you know Will Mallory or, or Kylan Granson, um, some of those guys that can go up and get the 50-50 ball and Alex Pierce. Mm -hmm. You have those playmakers who can help Gardner Minshew out, and I think for Shane Steichen, he's done a really great job of simplifying this playbook, knowing that his star quarterback is not is not there. Right? Yeah. You got to tailor the yeah. offense to to Gardner Minshew, and that's one of the things he said in his opening presser as well. If you remember earlier this year, he said, "Hey, we're gonna." tailor this offense to the quarterback right yeah 
And I think he meant that regardless whoever was the quarterback was going to be, right. whether it was going to be Anthony Richardson or whether, you know, at the time they were going to draft someone else or it was going to be Gardner Minshew. It's got to be to the strength. And that's what has the Colts still winning games. And I think that's probably what a lot of people are, you know, looking at when they look at Shane Steichen as a possible candidate for coach of the year. They're like, how in the world are you still able to get this team to still win games when your star quarterback is gone? Your, you know, your star running back is, is been in and out with injury and you're, you're still putting it together. It's because Shane Steichen has figured out, okay, I got to do what I know that they can do best, right? If that's the short, quick throws, great. If that is, hey, we're going to run the ball with, you know, Zach Moss this way, we're going to target the middle of the field this way, that's what we got to do. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, and I didn't know how uh, Coach Stipen was going to do once he got there. Honestly, he was with the Chargers uh, before, and, uh, you know, he's done a great job. So I'll ask you the same question I asked John Burton earlier, except for, for the opposing team. I asked John what, the, what kind of the two keys to the – the 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 Colts to win. I asked him about the Titans, so it's top secret. I can't give you his responses. Uh, but uh, but uh, what are your what are your kind of two keys to the game here as you're coming to a stadium with the Titans that they haven't lost in this year? They've lost everything on the road and they've won everything at home so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's obviously it's a, it's a tough test for the Colts. They're looking for their first sweep, I believe, since 2018 of the Titans. Um, I think for them, it's all about one, protect the football at all costs. That's obviously that, that sounds very cliche, but at one point, Gardner Minshew had like nine turnovers in three games. It was Ooh. a lot. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So I definitely mean that, especially, you know, this is full credit to the Titans defensive line. Jeff Simmons is on the other side of that line. Like, watch out, please. Uh, <laughs> so. I think for for him, protect the football. But the other thing is, again, you don't have to make things overly extravagant, right? You don't have to make things super complicated. You can take the check downs. You can take those quick throws and quick wins. Um, I think for them, it's all about protecting Gardner and giving him the time. One of the things that we've talked about over the last several weeks is he's had this tendency to kind of get the happy feet in the pocket or, or you know, essentially kind of create this false pressure that's not there. Allow him to stay calm. Allow his line to block for him and get those throws out quick. Um, I think the other thing for the Colts is knowing that they can do it. I mean, the Colts are what four and one on the road. Like they can, they can absolutely go into into the stadium and win that. But you know, the Titans, of course, are no slouch at home. And I'll say this, and I tell Colts fans this all the time, and I think I probably they probably roll their eyes at me. But Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry, still mm -hmm. King Henry, right? And, and at any sort in in time, he can he can rip off one, and you've seen him just absolutely wreck the Colts when he gets the chance. And also keep out a look for this guy, Danico Autry. He has not forgotten about not no longer being a Colt. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, keep out a lookout for him too. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm I'm excited for the game. I think it's going to be an absolute war. That's what I think. I think it's going to be. I do. I think it's going to be a very very physical game. Uh, you know, two teams that can run the football. Uh, very excited to to see these these two teams go at it here just down the road, about ten minutes from here in the stadium. And calling in from Atlanta, Megan, we appreciate that. Uh, Colts Wire USA Today. We uh, you are a friend of the show. Welcome on anytime. I hated that you used the word sweep. That made me freak out a little bit because I just <laughs> I don't want to see the Titans get swept. But we'll see. But we appreciate you. Thanks for being on with the coach and Corey Harris, Super Bowl champion this morning. Have a good day.